0: Welcome to the Seeds Church podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on our Apple and Spotify podcasts. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message from our Sunday service. We'll be reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, 1 to 12, and 36 to 49. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, "'Peace be with you.' They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, "'Why are you troubled?' And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, You
1: are over it all. We worship you and we praise you and we ask that like the disciples the first day that very beginning morning that first resurrection morning that you would open our minds to hear and to see and to understand the truth of what you've done in Jesus name we pray amen well being a father of four uh, I have watched my fair share of kids action movies I could spend the next thirty minutes, naming them and talking to you about them, but I'm sure you get the drift what I'm talking about. Although I have to say, just between you and us and the internet, that was a joke. Mulan is my favourite. Okay, Mulan is my favourite. It seems though that for a few decades, the writers of the kids' movies that uh, Disney and Pixar and et al put out for us to view and consume employed a simple formula. Now some of you might be tempted to think that the levels of animation as they rose was the formula that was being employed. I, I don't think so. Some of you might think that it's the subtle soundtrack behind it all and to you I would say let it go. Some of you might think it's a special effects or, or even, even like a relatable character that, that, is, that sort of draws us and gives us the hook and draws us in. You, you'd be all wrong. In my mind, you're all wrong because there is a simple formula that's even simpler than all that. It's, it, it underpins the whole, a whole genre of kids' movies. And it, in my mind, it all boils down to this. It's the fight of good over evil. The fight of good over evil, and maybe maybe remember this next time you, and co- come on, everybody watches a kids' movie, don't you? we all, dads and all; we all watch a kids' big brothers. We all watch a kids' movie as well, don't we? Think of think of the Lion King, Kung Fu Panda. I mean, that's oof. the Incredibles, Avatar, Star Wars, Shrek. The list goes on. It's good versus evil. In my mind, that underpins a great storyline that we love to retell. Now to be fair, this fight of good over evil comes in in many ways and in many forms, But when it all boils down to this, it boils down, it's this: evil is prevalent. Evil threatens to overtake a situation or overtake the whole world. And good good, well, it, it struggles. Some, to, to somehow find its strength and, and conjure it up But in the end Somehow it wins By a miraculous turn of events That we didn't see coming Sound about right? That's a pretty good formula If you want to write a story Maybe pick that one up Now take my favourite movie Milan The evil Mongol Empire Threatens a weak China How, how times have changed eh? <laughs> or Is that being recorded? Oh gosh I'm not going to get G5. I'll, I'll stop. And it's only the brave girl soldier Milan who eventually, and with extraordinary good fortune, overcomes insurmountable odds to defeat the shadowy Mongols, and peace in China is restored. Why? Why do you think this is a winning formula? Why do you think it's been picked up over and over again? I I think it's really simple. You see, we intrinsically know there is evil in the world and we know that it needs to be overcome, that it needs to be subdued and it needs to be removed, taken out of the equation so we can live in peace and harmony with the rest of the world. We seem to have an inbuilt sense inside of us that tells us that evil should not exist. But we need to have a world where evil does not rule And where it's removed from our circumstances And, and we all love it And that's what makes a good kids movie we, we all love it, don't we? From kids to parents to grandparents to big brothers Dads who sort of get sucked into it and watch it from time to time So, so what has this got to do with the resurrection Sunday morning you asked me? I'm glad you asked me that question You see, we can be tempted to think that that this day Is another of the stories that fit in with that grand theme And I'm here to tell you it is not It is way different Resurrection Sunday morning All that it stands for stands alone and above all other stories All other narratives They are but, but a shadow of the truth of what God has done in humanity for us Firstly, notice, notice that in the stories from Disney, etc. Evil is the dominant superpower. But, but, but I'm here to tell you at this moment that that is not the truth of the world. Somehow we, we think so, but it, but it is not true. The difference is, here, here it is, the difference is that the ultimate power in the universe is a power for good, not evil. Just let that sink into your brain for a moment. The ultimate power in the universe is a power for good, not evil. God has full and final control it. God, God is not evil in intent or evil in character. God is not sinister or malevolent, but good. God's, God's DNA's very substance is good. There's no evil in him. And what's more, there's, there's no ultimate power for evil in the world. The ultimate power in the world is pure and holy. It's not a passive force. It's a powerful force that works for the best of the world, the good of humanity, the fulfilment of all things right and true and pure and holy. And one day yet, it will be fully obvious and we'll see it all. Secondly, there, there is a struggle against evil, but guess what? You, you and I, you and I, we didn't have to fight it. There is a struggle against evil, but it's, but it's actually not our fight. It's been done for us. And importantly, and here's the deal, here's, here's something I really want you to hear. today. importantly, we have to play catch up with what the reality of the world is. The resurrection of Jesus proves this in startling clarity. It takes us to a new certainty, a new assurance that God is the victor. Many of us are tempted to frame the resurrection story in the same way we view other stories. But I'm here to tell you today that this story stands alone. It is the story, the ultimate stories, nothing measure against this story. For many of us, Bible characters included need to play catch up to what God has already done through the life, death, and now the resurrection of Jesus. So I'm gonna, I want to bring you and catch up today. You ready to catch up? I want to I catch up with, with what God is doing and, and what God has done in the world in order for us to live into this, what they call the resurrection life, the of the power of what God has done for us let's go take for instance our bible reading for today which Jackie read for us a reading that will be read all over the world in churches all over the place in homes in small groups in huge gatherings millions of times it will be reread again and again and again this day Luke 24 1 to 12 you got your bible and you want to open up to that I'm going to read going to go through that What a pleasure it is again to hear the story of the resurrection. As women run to the tomb and they find it empty, as they meet angels, as the disciples in their stubbornness don't believe the message the women brings back to them and they're left wondering what the heck just happened. The passage today sums up these two points that I want to make to you. That God has done something new something new, something good that we could never imagine. And importantly, that he is good. The ultimate force in the universe is good. And we need to play catch up to understand what that is and how that applies to our life. Did you listen carefully to the reading? Very early on in what we now know as resurrection Sunday morning, several women go to treat Jesus' body in the manner that afforded it the respect that it deserved Now it doesn't take much Because we've all experienced grief haven't we It doesn't take much to, to understand some of the grief That would have been in their being As they walked those moments towards the tomb and the big stone And you can imagine their grief And their dis, the, the distraughtness that was, that was overwhelming them And they're probably also questioning How how are we going to roll this huge stone away from the front of the tomb? And, and I picture in my mind that they knew what they were going to be faced with, not, not just the stone, but the cold and, and the lifeless and the brutalised body of Jesus, their friend, their teacher. Their, their task was a grisly task. But imagine then the scene that confronts them. Firstly, no stone. No stone. The huge rock that was levered into place over the tomb, probably by many men, was now to the side, discarded, no longer needed. Its work was done. Then going on to the grave, they did not see what they expected to see. There was nobody. Not nobody, but no body. There is nothing there, the place is empty. Jesus is gone. And the Bible sums it up all that emotion, all that shock in the and the inability to comprehend in this really quirky phrase. It says this While they were wondering about this Hmm Talk about an understatement of century They were wondering about this I mean sometimes I wonder where my other black sock is (laughs) Uh, uh, More often than not now I'm wondering Where the last bit of leftovers go I wonder where the dog has gone But this, this is a wondering isn't it On a whole nother level What's happening? What does wondering mean here? It means that the scene in front of them did not fit with the picture that they had previously conceived in their minds. It means they could not reconcile what was going on for them in front of their eyes in what their brain was telling them. Didn't compute what they felt and what they could see means that the reality of the view confronting them was incomprehensible to their worldview. Something has taken place. Something that had happened that was not usual, not normal, paranormal. In the fullest true sense of the word. So listen to this. The way they conceived and thought the world ran was not true. The way they conceived and thought that the world ran was not true. They had not factored into the equation the wonderful, marvellous, mysterious work of God in the person and work of Jesus who has become the saviour of the world. Their wondering was a physical wondering, yes, but that physical realm had been broken into by a new and fully realised spiritual reality. Some of their wondering was, how could this be? How could heaven be so close? What, why, how could God do this? And many of us do a lot of wondering too, don't we? We wonder what God is up to. We wonder about the reality of God. We wonder about our place in the world. We wonder even if God is real. But there's another reality at play here. It began that first Easter day, and it has been true that day, every single day since. For God acted decisively and powerfully and graciously, wonderfully in Jesus. And you don't need to wonder anymore, for God is good. And God is good for you. Can you see what God has done in Jesus? Do you know it was for you? And that we are like these women standing at the empty tomb with, with our jaw agape, jaw dropping down. The stone has moved. There's nobody here. And we're trying to comprehend what God has done and we're playing catch up. This is, this is, my friends, this is not a Pixar story. This is, this is not a robot hero. This is God working in your world so that you can experience life, so that you can have the fullness of life. This is God breaking into your suffering and your pain and your joy and your sorrow, the fullness of all of your life. This is God bringing all that you have all that you've ever needed and ever wanted into being. The the truth of it, not just the fads, but the fullness of it, the depth of it, the meaning and the purpose and the satisfaction of it. You need to comprehend that God is good and God is for you. And then as if to pour fuel on the flames two angels just happened to turn up. You know, it's serious when you've got an angel in front of you. That's what I reckon. Listen to verses four and five. If you've got your Bibles, you can follow on with them. Verses four and five. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Listen to this verse, why do you look for the living among the dead? Let's, let's just comprehend what's, what's happening there at, at, at that moment. First of all, you've rocked up to the grave, grief in your heart, and the stone has been rolled away. Secondly, the body of the absolutely and positively killed man is not there. And to top it all off, two angels not only appear, but ask you what you think is a stupid question. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you wondering? Now, I don't know about you, but I've never met an angel, never had one appear to me, but I have had that moment of great clarity when I've seen the world through new eyes which is what was happening to these women at that exact moment. When I've seen an old problem in a different light, when I've seen something that has been forever in a new way, a a, a new revelation, if you like, like today. So I ask you, can you see today something new? Can you see what Jesus has done for you? what Jesus will do for you, are you able to catch up with the reality of what God has done in the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus? A work that is applicable beautifully and wonderfully to your own life. Something that if you let it work in you will change the way you live and respond and act it will transform you from the inside out, new heart. Not only that, but it will transform your family and, and the generations that come after you. This is, this is legacy stuff we're talking about. And the question that the angels asked the women is, is an absolute crack of a question. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Sometimes we could be asked, why do we look for the dead among the living? What I mean by that is why do we keep on with this old thing when God has a new thing right in front of us, free to take? We run the old story again and again, but we miss the brand new life that God has put in front of us for our taking. The term for this, I've already said it, is the resurrection life. It means that you trade in your old for a brand new one. It is not the old story with a new character, it is an entirely new story altogether. It's not Disney, DC, not Pixar. This is God. Why are we wondering? We're wondering because we are trying to fit our framework into God's story but it doesn't fit. Maybe that's why many of our lives don't work out and many of our choices don't work out. We have an old model, an old way, an old recipe and we need to get rid of all that and embrace and take up and accept the new that God has done in the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus that is applicable to us. Is it time for you to see what God has done through Jesus? It is. For you to recognise the reality of the bigger picture, yes. Are you getting the sense of it? Because I hope so. For today, it's all about the enormity of God's actions, God's love and God's goodness that is directed towards us. It's the day when death died. When horror was silenced, when evil was destroyed, good wins. Let's go to verses 6 to 8. Let me read them out to you. It's the response of the angels to the speechlessness of the women standing at the empty tomb. Verse 6. He is not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. Verse 7. The Son of Man, that's Jesus' term for himself, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners be crucified, and on the third day be raised again." Verse eight, Then they remembered His words. Did you notice those key words there? Then they remembered. They remembered what Jesus had said. They remembered and stopped wondering. They remembered, and things began to make sense. They got rid of the script, they got on board with God's script. They remembered what Jesus had said and life began to make sense. The stone, the empty grave, the angels all made sense. Why? Because Jesus is a son of God and he has conquered death, which means we all can through his name. This is not some story that we tell our kids to make them brave. This is the most important story that leads to transformation that we will ever hear or act upon. Joining in with Jesus, claiming him as king over all our lives means we join with him in his resurrection life. Death and sin and evil and everything nasty that has, has had power over us is broken to be no more powerful. For Jesus is our victor, our saviour. All we have to do, my friends, is hang on to him. This is, the, this is the, a realisation of what the reality of the world is. God defeated the powers of sin and hell and evil and death once and for all. Why? Because He is good and He loves you most of all. Because He loves us. He wants us to know Him. He wants our lives to be the best that they can ever be by being in relationship with Him. This is not a fairy story. This is God's story. This is the story that will ultimately be the story that defines all human history. My friends, God is good in all senses of the word, in the pureness of pure. And it's time we caught up with what God has done and is doing. Jesus' resurrection means our life, now and hereafter. It means you don't have to fight. God's done it. And God's one. It means you're wanted and sought after and loved. Let me lead you into communion. Because in that same chapter that Jackie read to us from chapter 24 of Luke is this most beautiful story of two people walking home. You can imagine their feet are shuffling, their hearts are heavy. And then that stranger comes alongside of them. And they didn't recognise him. And he says them odd things about the Messiah, about being dull and slow to understand about not getting with where God is going, about not catching up, about why are you wondering? Don't you know these things? And then he opens the scriptures for them and explains it beautifully and wonderfully. And then he breaks the bread. And in that moment, he disappears. And they realize whose company they have been with. How beautiful is that? Do you know, this sacrament can be shared in a big group like this, but it can be shared also in intimacy with those whom we love who are around us. And we already heard how Jesus appeared to the 12 shut in that upper room for fear. And he asked for some food and he breaks the bread and the fish with them at that moment intimacy I wonder if you would stand with me at this moment if you're able, if you'd stand we'd do something slightly different with communion I wonder if you would form in little groups around you now I know that means you've got to turn the chairs around that's okay, I'll set them back up later alright, so let's turn the chairs around let's, let's get in little groups of intimacy okay, so turn around, that's it you've got full permission, turn around turn the chairs around That's it. So just turn the chairs around. That's it. If you want to sit down, you can sit down. If you want to stand up, you can stand up. Whatever you like. Okay. So if you're at home and there's some people with you at home, turn and face each other. Okay. All right. You don't need to talk. Okay. Okay. So if you want to stand up, that's fine. I'm going to stand up. Okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to remember. We're going to remember... Jesus, who comes and stands in the midst of us. Beautiful promise. Two or three are gathered. There he is in the midst of us. Okay. We remember that in the context of community, while we are wondering what is taking place in our world, Jesus stands and he gives us that beautiful greeting. Peace be with you. And he brings peace to our wondering. And he says, it's okay see my hands, see my feet, I've got this, I've got you. And so we take the bread. Would you open your little packet and we take the bread out. And let me pray over it. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for your mercy and your grace that goes to us so far beyond that which we can ever understand until we see you face to face. We thank you for your body broken. We thank you that it means our salvation and that your resurrection life means our resurrection life too. Amen. So we break this bread in remembrance of Jesus and we take it in the context of our community and remember Jesus' body broken for us and his life given for us. Let's take a knee. lord we praise and we thank you for your blood shed for us for our forgiveness of sins and we claim that at this particular moment and we thank you for your resurrection life which is poured into us now through your holy spirit in jesus name we pray amen so we take the cup we remember jesus death we remember his resurrection and we remember him coming back please drink as we remember So Lord, we praise you and we thank you, your goodness and your mercy to us for the newness that comes from this Resurrection Sunday. That while we're still wondering, you bring the answers. And while we doubt, you bring certainty. We thank you that you are good and your goodness flows into all the world. We claim it, we need it, we worship you and we honour you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. We hope you join in with us next week.
0: For more information, you can visit our website at seedschurch.org.